lot of fun. We're going to have some fun. A couple members of the Randy Newman fandom discussing one of his songs at random, followed by another that's a cover. It's Wheel of Randy. It's Wheel of Randy. This is a podcast where... Uh, you know what? The theme song pretty much explained it. I'm Dan Wade. Good Trash Media is our podcast network. And our sponsor is Wade Engineering. And let's start the show! It's Wheel of Randy! Hey guys, we've got a content warning you need to know about. Today we are discussing Great Nations of Europe. The original version of this song is a song that contains the N-word. The version that we're discussing today does not, and we discuss why he had a change of heart about that. But if you are going to go back to the original, that is a word that you will be subjected to. And since these things come in twos... Today, The Wheel chooses a song that has a racial slur against the Vietnamese. (sighs) Let's start the show. Got Brad Chad Porter here today, folks. Say hi to the nice people, Brad Chad. Hello, nice people. It's exciting to talk to you. If you're in the Oklahoma City comedy scene, you know Brad Chad. He has been here for many, many years and has brought people here to town and uh he's recently uh found greener pastures tell me uh tell me what's going on in uh in my neck of the woods in in northwest arkansas i'm in lowell arkansas i'm the general manager now of the grove comedy club in northwest arkansas it's in lowell which is a a nifty little town uh, sandwiched between bentonville and fayetteville so i get it's this is really a great part of the country, and I, I, I the 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 comedian in me just wants to make fun. <laughs> I mean, the comedian in me just wants to make a bunch of barefoot and incest jokes, but the reality is, this is a pretty place. Like yeah. this is oh, a yeah. gorgeous, gorgeous kind of foothills going up into the mountains, getting close to like, uh, I mean, there, there's waterfalls and and pretty places, and there's. Uh, you know, it, there's a com. I'm 15 minutes from a college town, and I'm 15 minutes from one of those, you know, like corporate towns. So like, there's every kind of asshole around here. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm really into it. Like, I'm really there's, there's a lot. There's a lot to love. So, uh, has has every NWA joke in the world already been done? I mean, I hope so. Mm-hmm. It. I mean, you know, like I I thought. I made a lot of wrestling references early on because I thought that was clever. Um, but yeah, I mean, at some point, you know, at some point you just, you, when you're from a place, I think you have a little less um, patience for people. Even if, it, even if like, even if you've never heard it before, even if someone has a fresh take on it, just making fun of the place you're from. People are like, all right, I'm, I'm done with this. Please, please stop. This I is, get to make fun of where I'm from. You don't get to make fun of where. That's I'm from. kind of the thing, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I grew up a Kiss fan. I was that's that was my relationship with the band Kiss. Is I can hate on them all day long because I put in the time. You make fun of Kiss. I'm like you're a dummy, and I'll I'll fight you in the parking lot to defend their honor. <laughs> Now, I know from personal experience that there is a non-denominational megachurch called The Grove up there. Has there been any mix-ups? Not so far. Not so far, but I'd really like to see that. Like, I'd like to be on one end of that, for sure. I I see Um, some crossover opportunities for (laughs) I do, too. You know, look, I I spent 12 years in the ministry. I can preach. I can make it work. If you come in expecting a sermon... I can I can get you there. Yeah. I can get you halfway there. <laughs> well, you won't go home happy, but you'll go home having received. <laughs> so do you, do you perform anymore, or are you all behind the scenes? What I haven't performed in. Um, uh, I mean, um, I haven't. I mostly haven't performed in in. in but I've only performed a handful of times in about the last two years. Um, so I, I, I've, I've kind of tried to take a behind the scenes role and I keep feeling like, oh man, I'm just done with it. Like I'm just tired and I'm at some point I realized that my talent and my luck, if you put them together, they're going to get you like, there's going to, there is an answer to how far you can go on this amount of talent and this amount of luck. And I think if I caught every break that it makes sense for me to catch, I might have ended up being that guy who was on Conan twice. <laughs> like, that's about what I feel like my peak is in the business. Okay, yeah. Like, if I just cut every break and everything worked my way and I worked really hard and worked as hard as I possibly could, I could maybe get that. So then the question becomes, well, are you willing to do what it takes to... Are you willing to sacrifice all the things that have to be sacrificed to get you to be in the guy who did Conan twice? And the answer increasingly as I aged was, nah, <laughs> not at all, not even close. So, you know, I, I stepped behind the scenes, kind of keep hoping that I'm done with comedy, but I'm not. I mean, look, I think at the end of the day, you're either a comic or you aren't. And if you are, there's nothing, there's nothing you can do. Like I, I, I'm going to, I got excited yesterday to host trivia. There you go. I don't, I just, I don't. I, you just, it's part of me. Like, I'll be on stage at some point, and so I'm, I'll, I'm never going to be able to get away from it. I'm kind of, that's where I'm at right now, is I'm re- dealing with the reality that I'm never going to be not a comic because I'm broken inside. <laughs> and then there's, there's always a part of me that needs the approval of 60 people who don't know who I am. <laughs> but whatever. So what's the scene like up there? You get you get a lot of college kids. No, I mean right now the scene is broken. I mean, <laughs> COVID is what it is. It, it has done what it's done, and um, you know we we try to do be careful. We try to be as safe as possible. We try to provide entertainment in this environment, and it's tough. It's tough. Uh, a lot of comics aren't working, and I completely understand that. I mean, I, you know. Yeah. Uh, given a different angle on this thing, I'm not sure what I would be doing. Like, I don't, you know, I 
So a lot of comics aren't coming out. A lot of local comics aren't coming out. A lot of venues aren't doing shows, which I, you know, nothing but respect for anybody. Well, but yeah, I think we've reached a point in this thing somewhere around August or September where it became hard to judge people for what they chose to do. You know, like in the beginning, I was like, stay home, idiot. What are you doing? Like, yeah. why, why is everybody, but, but at some point you have to eat. You know, I mean, and even there's even some uh, some reasonable um, there's say even some reasonable analysis that says, you know, it's not, you have to do what keeps you sane. Like we've been at this for a long time now, and I think if you're thinking about other people and you're trying to be careful and you're trying to do the best you can, it's hard to judge people for the choices that they make in this environment because we've been left out here on our own to just sort of sort it out. We didn't have any, there was no leadership that stepped in and said, here's how we're going to handle this. Right. Or here's how, you know, we're going to, here's how we're going to make up for what you've lost. Here's how we're going to keep this together. And, uh, you know, and so now we're all sort of out here trying to figure it out. And I, you know, if I call a comic and I'm like, hey, man, I need a feature or I need a MC or a headliner on this date. And they're like, look, man, I'm not working. You know, my attitude is good. They're like, That's good. You're staying. You're not contributing to the problem and you're staying healthy. I'll hit you up whenever you're ready to come back out. Like that's uh, we just have to not judge each other too harshly about what what we do, um, you know, unless unless you voted wrong. <laughs> uh, and then I'm going to judge away. I'm going to judge you forever. Last time I saw you, you were standing next to Congresswoman Horn, speaking of people voting wrong. Uh, sure. Doing, uh, sure. We'll save our stages. Uh, what What's going on with that? Is Is there any relief out there so yes the good news is the good news is uh the save our stages legislation and it's in in one form or another has made its way through congress and was a part of this last relief bill and so uh independent venues uh any day now um money is going to start opening up for independent venues a little late for jeremiah and myself yeah. <laughs> since that press conference you alluded to was about the closure of our business but you know there are there is some help for people who've closed businesses if they can open those back up and you know there's 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 that legislation is i, I would encourage everybody who's uh, connected to the business even if you're just an artist even if you're just a performer even if you're you know a comic or a band or whatever Go familiarize yourself with what people are doing, what the aid is out there, and 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 help get people who own independent venues and independent um, show places hooked up with the resources that they need to reopen and reopen safely. Because that that's out there now. That money exists, fifteen billion dollars, something like that. There's there's real money out there for for small businesses for people who typically get left out for people who typically don't have a, a foot in the system or a handle on it or whatever there's money that's real and it's for you and you need to go get it if you qualify um so if you're an independent uh, contractor in the industry of any kind 
find out if there's money for you. If there isn't, get someone, <laughs> you know, get your 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 venue friends. Yeah. Get these everyone get hooked up as best you can. Because that's what this money is for. It's to make up for what we've lost for the last year, and it's to make uh, this art, these these performing arts, uh, happen again without getting overly corporatized. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go everyone do that. If you're in this industry, go do it. Go figure it out. I I I know it was was hard. Everything that went down with the Paramount, and this is probably not much comfort. But that place meant so much to me. What you and Jeremiah were doing, it was it was a nurturing place uh, for uh, for you know people like me who were trying out on stage. And and y'all brought in some uh, you you brought in some serious talent. You know, sure. Jim Kirkman and Eddie Pepitone in this little place. You were really the facility that could. It was something special. We were very, we were very proud of what we did. Um, we're, we're, um, uh, it's still a little painful <laughs> because we didn't make it through the pandemic. But it, it, we, we are very proud of what we did, and uh, very happy to have been at some tiny part of of your artistic journey and, um, and, and other comics and singers and songwriters that came through there. Uh, you know, uh, it was everything we hoped it would be. I mean, we, there were people, there were, you know, we screwed everything up. Like, uh, don't get me wrong. It was, like, there wasn't a single part of it that went untouched by our mistakes. But, like, I, I think that, that a lot of people got to try a lot of weird stuff. And we were here for it. That's what we wanted. When we started, we said we wanted every creative weirdo in the city to come here and feel like this is a home. <laughs> this is a place. This is a safe place for every creative weirdo in the city. And we feel like we we're getting close to achieving that. We 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 had some work to do, and and it and it feels like some unfinished business. But that's for another discussion. Well, I I can't thank you enough. You. I know you put your heart and soul into it, and and we loved you. Yeah, I would like reward if you didn't. So I guess. <laughs> we we loved you very much, and we had a lot of conversations. The thing you did, there was a Christmas thing. The the Jackson Five's Christmas. Oh my message. God! It was so funny. It was one of the best things I've ever seen. Well, and we had a bartender at the Paramount Room named Wes. And uh, Wes is a great guy, but he's cranky and he's not, he's very high standards entertainment wise. He's one of those guys who's like, if it's dumb, get it the hell off of my, like he, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't suffer fools gladly. And on those nights when we would have those, like the open uh, public access open mic, when there was a lot of weird stuff that came in through there, like, oh yeah. You know, Alex sort of ran a show that was, you know, it was, the, the, there was a lot going on. Poetry yeah. and, like, there it, 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 visual sort of graphic art stuff. And like, it was always something. And Wes was always had a real attitude about it. Because in his head, is this is just artsy-fartsy bullshit, and I don't, I don't care about any of this. And then, <laughs> and then when you... Did that Jackson Five thing? He was like, "This is the funniest thing I've ever seen." Oh. Who is this guy? 
why isn't he doing everything we do? Like he should be in everything we do. <laughs> Very sweet. So you won over the harshest critic in the whole system. Well, good deal. With that, with that performance, that was very fun. Yeah, I keep, uh, I keep wondering when, when, when the performance bug is, is going to hit me. This, this podcast has has filled the gap nicely. Scratch the itch. Yeah, it, it's given me my my need for constant validation, even if I can't. can't good, and I was saying before when I was talking to you before we started this chat that I, I, I love this show. I absolutely love this show. I'm a, I am a. I am a, a, a lifelong Randy Newman fan. I love this show. I am I'm a little behind on episodes, but I'm no further behind on this show than I am Conan's podcast. <laughs> well, you you were a person whose name came up a lot when I was doing this, even before I started this show, even when I was you know, performing some Randy covers at the Paramount now and then. People said, "Oh, you've got to you've got to connect with with, with Brad Chat and." Uh, I remember you were playing uh, the story of a rock and roll band on on the uh, on the speakers in the bar one day. I was like, "Okay, sure, this is a deep cut." <laughs> sure, sure. God, I love that song. And uh, to watch the blankness on someone's face who either doesn't know ELO as a band or know why this is funny, like the, just the the blankness on somebody's face <laughs> when they're trying to figure out why you're making them listen to this is one of my favorite things in the world. I, I, think, one audience, I think one audience that we missed out on is, is, is people in the seventies who were very serious about ELO hearing that <laughs> song for the first time. <laughs> I'd give anything, I'd give anything to be in the room. <laughs> Because people, you know, especially in the 70s and 80s, people took music very seriously. Now, now music is more of a compliment to our lives than, but I remember even in the 90s, being a 90s kid, it was real easy to like have a band and like fight to defend that band's honor. And like, you know, I, I remember when there was a time when you were a Poison fan or a Guns N' Roses fan. And if, and if you never the twain shall meet, those, <laughs> and I, I just love the idea of of people <laughs> of of like these these dyed in the wool like deeply deeply passionate ELO fans hearing that song for the first time. I just want to be in the room for that. Yeah. Well, before we talk, Randy. Yes. We have, a, if you're behind on the show, you've missed our new segment. Our new segment is called Second Chances. Our pod is a pod of second chances. One reason that, that I got so into Randy a few years ago is because he surprised me. Because he was right. someone that when I was young, I kind of blew off. Uh, but once I took a second look and got deep into it, I appreciated more and more. So my question is, who who's your Randy Newman? Who who is who is a, a musician or a band that 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 people have blown off that you think deserves a second chance? Okay, just, okay, follow me here. There's a little bit of a journey. Journey. Okay, his answer was not journey. journey. <laughs> it's definitely not journey. Um, 
okay, so I, 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 when I was a kid, I bought into the myth of Jim Morrison and the Doors. Uh-huh. At 11 years old, 12 years old, I may have been under the influence of some marijuana when I was 13, 14. And I just thought that the Doors were the coolest thing in the world. And then you kind of grow up and you go, oh, well, this music is pretty shitty. <laughs> you know, like it was fine for a stoned kid, but it's pretty shitty. <laughs> like this music is pretty gross. And then I think, I think whether or not you ever had that period where you just bought into the sort of the myth of Jim Morrison and the Doors, whether or not you ever for a moment thought Jim Morrison, maybe poet, philosopher, prophet, whatever. Whether or not you ever went through that part of the journey, I think if you just listen to the doors for what they are, for what they really are, it's cute. I mean, it's good. Oh. <laughs> like, I, some of those songs are freaking great. <laughs> like, they are in my, like, internal playlist from back in the day. But leaving all of that aside, I think the doors deserve a second chance. I think songs like uh, Roadhouse Blues, is great la woman is fun like they're they are just they're kind of a fun band divorced from all of the weird pre-adolescent pot so a victim of their own hype yeah i think they're a lot more fun than we give them credit for all right i i I went through all of the phases i think of of the doors fandom i was deeply enamored then disenchanted and now I just have some fun. Now I just listen to the doors and it's fun. It's fun. It's good. It's especially on the road. It's, some of it's really good road music. Some of it's really bad road music. Some of it will put you straight to sleep. But some of it is really good. I, like- I think people should reconsider the doors. Okay. Just as they are. No myths. No, yeah, no craziness. Just take it as it comes. All right. So what Randy are we going to talk about, man? Uh, I want to talk about the Great Nations of Europe, which is my favorite Randy Newman song. Okay, folks. Uh, why don't you take a minute and pause? We're going to have a link to this. Um, while this first shows up on the album Bad Love, uh, the link that I have was, is going to be to his version of this song from the Randy Newman songbook, and we'll discuss why after this. So take a minute and listen to the great nations of Europe and we will be right back. I really do love this song. I don't, whatever I am or am not, I look like a racist. <laughs> Here's how I know. People don't have any problem just coming up to me and saying racist shit right to my face. <laughs> and it's not like they're fishing around either. They're not like trying to figure me out. It's like they've looked at me from afar and we're like, mm, he's cool. <laughs> and we're back. Okay, folks. Great nations of Europe. You said this is your favorite, Brad Chad? This is my favorite. All right. This... This, um, t- t- tell me why that is. I mean, it's definitely in my... I mean, it's up there for me, but... but... The range of the things that, that Randy Newman writes about on his own. Even when not like tasked by a movie studio to write some, you know, write some songs, a love song about bugs or whatever, <laughs> like whatever it is that he's tasked with, 
the range of things that he just does on his own. You know, song about the flood of 1927, song about uh, <laughs> European expansionism in the in the 16th century, song about um, you know the death of Route 66. Just the 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 I, I absolutely love the a brain from which all of that can come. Like, like the, the idea that I can listen to a song that pokes fun of a seventies, like a mediocre seventies rock band. Uh-huh. And then a song about, you know, one of the most tragic events of the early 20th century. And then a song about, you know, 16th century European expansionism is freaking great. And I think this was the song that drove that home. I think this is the song that made me realize, oh, he could write about anything. Huh, yeah. Like, like Randy Newman could sit down. You could tell Randy Newman a song about your Friday night, and he could write a compelling, genius song about your stupid, boring Friday night. Like, regardless of who you are or where you come from. Hmm. And, and what kind of Friday night you had, frankly. And so this this became my favorite. This became my favorite Randy Newman song. And it's funny. I think it's really funny. I think there's a I think there's a moment in it that is problematic, and I love it even more for that problematic moment. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, let's it's one, yeah, let, let's yeah. talk about that problematic moment because that's the reason that I went with the second version of this song. Okay. Uh, did they change it up for this for the for the he songbook? Did. Uh, the original version has an N-word in it in the songbook and in all of the lyrics that he posts, it becomes natives. Uh, oh, so he had a change of heart about that. Um, right, 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 right. Okay. Probably a lot of that comes from uh, you know, as he was coming to terms with the legacy of rednecks and stuff. Of rednecks, yeah. right. Um, which which I've heard him speak eloquently about, and I've heard on your show you've talked about it probably a dozen times because you I know you were reluctant to I've, even I've invaded it a dozen times. Yeah, I was about to say, I feel like you 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 I mean, you know, you've even you've talked about how reluctant you are to talk about that song. Dan doesn't talk about rednecks. There's that, and there's also a second problematic moment in this song there's also a moment where he uh where he's he not so uh sensitively because uh, he says he says hide your wives and daughters hide the groceries too great nations of europe coming through and he does that a couple of times and then the last turn he says hide your wives and daughter hide your sons as well with the great nations of europe you never can tell uh-huh. That's right after Balboa has has slaughtered the has slaughtered the the gay Indians, right? Yeah, right. So I I just I uh, I get why the changes were made. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm into it. I'm I'm I don't know. There's part of me that's like, hey, it is what what it is what it is. The song, the version that I'm most familiar with, I think I. I think, I mean, the version I'm most familiar with is the cleaned up version. Okay. Like, I didn't hear the other version until after I'd heard the cleaned up version. So, you know, it doesn't bother me. (laughs) It doesn't bother me that it's cleaned up. 
Right. But I, I've, I don't know. I've, I've come to think of it like, I, I like it when an artist evolves. Um, and sometimes that means they change their mind about what they're willing to say. And, you know, like Richard Pryor was no less funny when he stopped saying the N word because he had uh, a revelation, like a personal revelation. And so, you know, Randy Newman's no less thought provoking when he stopped saying it. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it you know, yeah, it's I, a I, difficult I think, word. I, I, I think when he, he, he avoided a distraction when he changed it. And, yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm like you, I heard the songbooks uh, forever before I, I went back and listened to the original version of this. So it's not, and, and I'm not the kind of person that's like, how come I can't say the N word? What life is Because <laughs> um, it hurts people. It should be enough. Why is that not enough? Why is it not enough of an answer for you that you can't say it because it hurts people? <laughs> If you want to say words that hurt people, go say them into your pillow, idiot. You gross idiot. <laughs> but I, you know, I'm I again, I love Randy Newman. I love that I love that that's a part of his history. And I love that his response to it has been to go back and clean it up. I think both of those things speak well of the man and um and of the art. Uh one thing I like about this is that he he uh, he's not presenting this as as an academic. Uh, right. He gets some facts wrong here. Sure, sure does. <laughs> uh, sometimes with exaggerations, like you know, Ashley's foot. Uh, but like the line about the Grand Canary Islands, <laughs> they slaughtered all the canaries, which gave the land <laughs> which, which gave is, the land its name, which is absolutely untrue. <laughs> Canary Islands are, it comes from the word for dog. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. Well, the, he, um, and he knows the, that. Huh? And he knows that. Yeah. Uh, I think he's, he's giving us a, a character who is a, a, an enlightened man of the people. Never ever listen to a, a Randy Newman song as if it were written by Randy Newman. Like the idea of there's never I don't I can't think of a single Randy Newman I I you know, if you sat down Randy Newman and I One exception he, I missed okay, that song he wrote to his ex wife to his ex wife yeah oh my god that's so good yeah. but other <laughs> that than that, is, I'm on board with you there. speaking of someone who's been a a decade divorced yeah on those like drunken nights when you're just really dealing when like when you're just really dealing with the regrets of your life to have the kind of the cojones <laughs> to write a song to your ex-wife and just be like, ah, I blew it. I think about you all the time. Um, laughing your ass off at me. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. This is silly to you, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, a decade later, however long, just uh, it's such a beautiful song. But yeah, I think for the most part, Randy Newman's music is written from the perspective of a character like if you told me he's a giant ELO fan and he just wanted to write a <laughs> write a song from the perspective of a character who doesn't like ELO I'm like all right that's I mean he did that with almost everything else why not yeah why not um this song I think 
uh, he has this sort of whether it's the same or a different character he has this sort of general character uh who is ignorant yeah but not completely like who has some knowledge base but is but is arrogant about the things they're ignorant about <laughs> yep yep and then and then on top of that um real passionate about something unconnected to what they're talking about so like this song is a lot like hey this song is a warning about a global pandemic frankly this song is is, it really is this song is a warning that hey there's gonna be some some you know some disease is gonna kill us all we should probably stop trying to own each other right and yeah and and there's something very american about being right on the on on the core at the core of the issue and wrong about everything that gets you to it right like that's a very american thing <laughs> to be like we believe in freedom and democracy now how we get you there is just a nightmare of people getting hurt and killed and robbed and like we're there's something so american about this warning about a coming pandemic this warning about being couched in half facts and mistruths uh-huh, about uh-huh. european expansionism in the 16th century it's brilliant i mean it's it is it's brilliant it's a and it's and it's uniquely american i don't think randy newman could exist anywhere else in the world no i can't see it wow that is really really good i think he's really really good <laughs> I think he's, I think I, I love, I just love, I just, this is an easy podcast to do because I did no research. I just wanted to come talk about how great Randy because no one else will listen to my shit. Like no one else will let me say this. <laughs> so I started talking about Randy Newman and Jeremiah's eyes just glaze over. Wow. <laughs> he's just like, oh, here we go. We're going to listen to the Pixar music again. It's like, it's not Pixar music. <laughs> I sometimes I, I feel like a Rush fan trying to force oh, Rush yes. on people. <laughs> They're like, not yes. again, Daniel. So, That's right. Yes. So you're, yes, you're you're among friends here, Roger. Good, good. I don't feel like I'm proselytizing for the first time in a long time. I have to tell you a story about this song. Okay, let's hear. It. If if the person I'm talking about was listening to this, they would get mad. Uh, <laughs> Those are the no best kinds. No way they're listening to this. Sure. Uh, I'm a member of a, a uh, an email list that is the Randy Super fans. Okay. Uh, it is an old Yahoo mailing list that's taken on a life of its own. Uh, probably about half the people on there have met him personally or have connections to his family or something. I, that's the level of super fans that we're on with this. I love it. Okay. They had a Zoom about six months ago that I sat in on because I was like, hey, I've got this new podcast. And and I was the youngest person there by 20 years. And, <laughs> but, and you're a grown-ass man. <laughs> but one of them was this... I, when I was in Austin, it was what I would, would, would call an Austin progressive. Someone who's racist but doesn't realize they are. <laughs> and he's like, I was on holiday in the Canary Islands. 
And I met this couple that told me that they were guanches. And I told them, there's a problem there. You don't exist. And I showed them this song that said that the guanches weren't there anymore. And, you know, as an Oklahoman, you know, I am not Indian, but I have enough Indian friends that are like, we're really tired of being talked about in the past tense. <laughs> As though it's done. But he thought this was the funniest story in the world. <laughs> that he had told these people, oh, I thought you'd been genocided. <laughs> <laughs> the idea, <laughs> the idea that you can just be that. I mean, you know, I've like I, I don't want to make fun of the guy. I've been that I've been stupid. <laughs> I've said really stupid stuff before. If he had told that story and look, I really put my foot in my mouth one time. Sure, sure. To to find it as this charming little ad. <clears throat> I don't want to out myself, so I'm not going to give you any specific examples. But I do know that there have been times that I've done something stupid. And not realized how stupid it was. Until oh, sure. I, until I bragged about it to someone else. It was like, that's really awful what you did. And then I realized, no, well, I should recalibrate my definition of what's acceptable behavior. That's fun. that's great. That's great. What a what what an asshole. <laughs> so if you're listening, uh, sorry. I no, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, we, Dan didn't have time to tell you you were an asshole on the Zoom call. <laughs> all, all I had the mental capacity to do was say, wow. <laughs> <sighs> maybe maybe in case he is listening, we should break it down for him a little bit. Because we still haven't said it out loud. Oh, no, you he can't... would show us the lyrics, too. We clearly don't understand this project. We're too dumb to make it in no northern town. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <sighs> okay, you're 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 in your forties like me, right? That's right, forty-four. So you know, I I, I think about Randy in his what early seventies or, or so forth. You know, I think about what he learned about Balboa and Columbus growing up. Right, which well, would I'm have sure been even, absolutely lionized. You know, when I was, was say, even more skewed than what we did. Yeah, when I when I was you know in school, at least there was a little bit of nuance going on. That okay, yeah, there's Columbus was still very much celebrated, and Balboa was a name that you had to learn to pass the test. But uh, there was just a little bit of context going out. Yeah, um, yeah. So for someone his age to be able to to take a more realistic view of the 16th century, you know, if, if a 20-year-old wrote this today, it'd be like, yeah, okay, congratulations, you read Zinn's history. You, yeah, Good you know, you. you know history. But, but, but he, I, Randy's really having to challenge what he grew up with in writing this song. And I think, um, well, first of all, I, I get... I'm a fan of the romantic period of American literature. I love uh, Edgar Allan Poe and, and Washington Irving and, and Nathaniel Hawthorne and um, uh, Herman Melville, even though Moby Dick is a boring piece of crap that we should not force children to read. Anyway, 
that's a college book. That's a book that you should read in college when you realize not everything smart is also enjoyable. <laughs> okay. I hate that fucking book. <laughs> um, so, um, but I, but I, so I'm a, I'm a fan of that period of American literature. And it turns out that most of the reason we think the things we do about Christopher Columbus are because of Washington Irving's writings. Washington Ooh. Irving's writing, who lionized Columbus on a like on purpose, like 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 to create the myth, to create the myth in the same way that the myth was created around Pecos Bill and and. Uh, Paul Bunyan and Johnny Appleseed, like to, huh. to turn to turn Christopher Columbus into that kind of a character. And and I think th- sort of having to cope for a moment with, oh, I'm really disappointed that this is something that was done on purpose. Even though you know that it is. It's not like it's so much easier when you start to learn that like, oh, history is all skewed by by you know these these un, these invisible forces. Well, it's it's a lot better if the, if you're not a fan of the invisible forces' other work. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. when you start to realize, oh, this was a concerted thing. Like I okay, like I hate this. I hate all of this. I hate what this says about Washington Irving. I hate what this says about America. <laughs> you know, and obviously I hate who Christopher Columbus was. <laughs> And, like, I love the idea. I mean, I went through that personal journey, I don't know, in my 30s somewhere. Learned that information in my 30s somewhere. Yeah. I love the idea that you've got a guy who, when he wrote this, was probably in his 50s, maybe in his early 60s. Yeah, this is, what, yeah, 98, 99. Yeah, that's about right. I love the idea that you can still be that guy. Like, I just love the idea that I can be the guy that I was in my 30s in my 50s. Wow. Like, like upending what I care about for the truth. Because, like, you know, it's easy to just be a fan. But if you're a fan of something that sucks, <laughs> dealing with it is, you know, a part of, it's a, it's a part of life that people leave behind. It's a part of life that most people, when you get into your 40s and 50s, stop doing. You stop. Yeah, I don't want to hear about why what I love sucks. I'm just going to love what I love. Yeah. And to and to watch and to know, you know, Randy Newman serving as that example. I mean, I, that's part of the reason I love him. Part of the reason I love him is that, you know, it makes me think. Okay, well. I'll probably be the same way. I hope to be the same way. I hope when I'm 50 and the things I love start to expose themselves, continue to expose themselves as frauds, that I'll accept the truth. And, and you know, I won't write a song about it, but I'll do a 10-minute bit about pooping on my pants that alludes to it. <laughs> that alludes to the disappointment. <laughs> I'm 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 sure the audience will get the, the, the subtext of that immediately. I hope so. I don't know who your audience is, but we'll see. Uh, I I'm I 
continually mystified at what <laughs> that anyone cares. <laughs> but I, you know what, though, that's what the beauty of podcasting is that we get to find each other. Time to spin the wheel, man. Oh, let's do it. All right, now we have trimmed the wheel back. We've had okay. several people say, yeah, we got too many repeats. So the old orange spin the wheel that everyone knows and loves is now a green wheel that everyone knows and loves. Okay. Let me pull this up here, and folks, you can play the home game at Twitter at Wheel of Randy. And let's see what we can do. All right, you ready to spin the wheel, Brad Chad? I'm ready. Spin the wheel, spin the wheel, spin the wheel of Randy. Stop. I'll give you a pass if you want. No, I was just hoping for pants. <laughs> Everyone's hoping for pants. The wheel of Randy <laughs> is pants roulette. <laughs> no, this is fair. Song for the Dead, I like. All right, landed on Song for the Dead. Let me, not by Queens of the Stone Age, although that would be a good way to mix things up here. All right, folks, this is off of Trouble in Paradise, and y'all can follow the link, and we're going to listen to this, and then we will be right back. I find myself a lot of being accidentally racist because of the way I look. I, I, I was buying a used car because I'm that kind of dirtbag right now. And there was a, the guy trying to sell it to me was like putting on the hard sell. I was trying to get out of there. So I was like, hey, I'm going to go look at some other places and then I'll maybe I'll come back. And he was like, all right, just be careful because the further east you go, the darker it gets. <laughs> yeah, said that right to my face. Like I would be cool with it. My reaction was, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't get it. I didn't know what he was saying. I was like two blocks away before I realized, oh, he didn't mean like spiritually darker. <laughs> that asshole. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't saying it gets grim on the east side. <laughs> and we are back. <laughs> <laughs> I the, I try not to be cynical, Brad Chad. Yeah, but it's like it was something in people's contracts that it's 1983, so you have to do a Vietnam song. <laughs> I appreciate the song the same way I appreciate every Randy Newman song. He deals with this issue with the same sort of. Uh, it's it's not as, you know, like there are times where he'll sing a song about something sad and he'll do it with a sing-songy tune and, and that there's some some sort of like haunting irony to it or whatever that doesn't exist here. But uh, using the word yeah is a good example of why he's the best person to, to address stuff like this, even, you know, even like you said, at a time when everybody had to make a song about their regrets over the Vietnam War, this Randy Newman is always somehow respectful of the subject matter and of the character who's singing. 
even though that character is deeply flawed. I mean, yeah, that to 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 use that word, uh, it's very authentic here. No, oh. this is yeah, soldier, and this soldier. is a guy. Oh, yeah, I get it. This is a guy chosen by leadership to who they've explain, all gone away. By the way, yeah, who've all left him to do this to do this task of of dealing with death and. There's just, there's something very, po- I mean, it's the same sort of poetry as Rednecks, um, where he's an asshole, and he's racist, and he talks a way that I don't appreciate, or care for, or have around me, but racism in the North was not better than racism in the South, <laughs> and there's there's some of that same kind of poetry here, where, like, you know, I know the world wants me to write a song about how evil this war was and about how the people that perpetrated it belong in prison, but uh, these kids were also heroes, and we also owe them. And I'm imperfect. I'm not the right person to tell the story. I'm not going to win you over with my words. But, you know, these kids didn't deserve what they got either. Yeah. And, and uh, you know... I just, I like the unflinching, like, he just doesn't back off from, my, my, those are my best friends. My best friends are my friends that don't just leave me alone. Yeah. That that when I'm doing something stupid or I need to hear something, they tell me it and they don't stop telling me until I change my behavior. And that's Randy doing. Yeah. He's like, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to write these songs with an imperfect narrator who's going to not let you off the hook. Regardless of what side of this issue you're on, you have shit to deal with. Like, if if you were against the war, and a lot of you protested and said things and did things that you need to answer for, because these kids didn't, these kids that died in this war didn't, they didn't deserve what they got either. And if you're one of the leaders who dragged us into this, you know, look at what you did. You left this, you know, you left this man over here to explain all this death to all these dead people. Like what, like, he just doesn't let anybody off the hook. He, like, everything is so human. Like, yeah, I think this is a great example of that. I think this is a great example of that. Now, that having been said, it's pretty cynical to me. <laughs> I mean, it's still 1983, and it's what. And he's, you know. he's, this, this is, uh, you know, the end of Trouble in Paradise, where he's basically been in a Hawaiian shirt for the last nine. <laughs> That's right. That's right. This was, this was the obligatory Vietnam. Song. Yeah. Um, and and I'm gonna bleep this out because this is, is a word I, I I don't say, but 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 really makes this song. Um, because the tone immediately changes once he sings that 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 word that he's gone from this gentle piano as soon as he does that you you get some some horns and some electric guitar going on and and the the bitterness in the singer comes yeah. out um, yes but it's the same thing as it's the same <clears throat> i think it's important in this song the same way the n-word is important in rednecks because it 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 changes the tone, but it changes the tone in a way that's not only like that's not only revealing about the bitterness of the narrator, but also the sincerity of the narrator. 
you know, this could have been a joke up until that point. Yeah. You know, like he, you know, I'm sitting like, down. Pardon, with pardon me if I sit with you for a minute. Yeah. That's right. Pardon me as I take off my pack and I talk to you about why you had to get blown apart. Yeah. This guy could have been cynic. I mean, this guy could have been nuts. He could have been, you know, this character could have been joking around and playing. And it's this moment, it's the moment that he uses that slur. And I wouldn't mind it if you bleep it when I said it also. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, but I say but, I'm going to paste you saying it over my <laughs> Okay, okay, but, I have one more story about that word because uh, let's hear it. Doonesbury used it a lot. Sure. And, you know, I grew up reading that stuff. I didn't read comic books, but I read Doonesbury and Boone County. And so here I am, seven years old, and uh, sitting in the living room, all my brothers and sisters are there, and I go, Mom, what's a <laughs> Give me that book. <laughs> Like, oh, well, that's the word where I learned honky and Watergate. I learned a lot. Of <laughs> but yeah, we are definitely bleeping that out. Um, Excellent. Good. So yeah, this, I'm not a huge fan of this song, but I appreciate, you've given me more appreciation of it. It's good. I just, I, 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 I'm with you. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm with you. At the end of the day, it's not one of my favorites. And it does feel like an obligatory blue band song. And the last song on an album is always a mixed bag. <laughs> it's like okay. what, is it, what is it called? The uh, with the sketch on SNL, the ten to one, the the last sketch that yeah. that last weird when no one's watching anymore, so they just kind of do whatever. All right, next up we've got this week's cover. This. And since I have been on a big Harry Nilsson kick the past few weeks, I'm once again going back to Harry Nilsson for this week's cover uh, because I found he did a cover of Simon Smith and the Amazing Dancing Bear. This is the last track. What? This is the last track off of his album Harry. And uh, that's a song that I've always liked and, and harry does a really really great job with it so y'all follow the link to that and that is this week's cover i think that's it man it's been a great show thank you brad chad for for coming on how can people get hold of you and and uh well tell me what if you're in, if you're in northwest yeah if you're in northwest arkansas go to Grove, him quite a bit yeah, go to go to grovecomedy.com. Come see us for a show. I'll be there every night, all the time. I live there. Um, if not, you can follow me at Bradshad on uh, Twitter, um, at Bradshad Porter or Comedian Bradshad Porter on Facebook and at Bradshad Porter on uh, Instagram. So I'm easy to follow. Well, don't be a stranger. I'm sure you'll be in Oklahoma City sometime soon. You know, let, let, Absolutely. Let, I'm let us all go and we'll, we'll, we'll infect each other and I'm that's right that's right i'm trying to trick a girl in oklahoma city into falling in love with me so i'll be back as often as that takes there you go all right thanks everyone we'll see you next time thanks bad chad you guys hey man thank you so much for having me and this was great and i love the show and i love you and i miss you well folks that's it for another episode of wheel of randy 
I am Dan Wade, your host for this week. Wheel of Randy is part of the Good Trash Media Network. Special thanks to Brian Mays for our artwork. You can check his work out on Facebook at Brian Mays Art. Not Brian May, that's the guy from Queen. Thanks to Moturn Media for our theme song and the This Week's Cover song and the Spin the Wheel song. You can check out Matt's work at Moturn Media. That's M-O-T-E-R-N. Special thanks to Alex Sanchez for our Second Chances theme song. You're listening right now to Rock and Gravel by Sid Valentine's Patent Leather Kids, and it is public domain. Thanks to everyone whose little audio clips I've stolen for the other bumpers. Thanks for being such good sports. Wheel of Randy is brought to you by Wade Engineering. We are a water and sewer engineering firm licensed in Oklahoma and Texas. We specialize in small town water and sewer work. We provide individual affordable service. The other service that we provide is to other engineering firms. I am a hydraulic modeler. I build water and sewer models and I can do it cheaper and more accurately and prettier than your in-house engineers. So give me a call. Wade Engineering can be reached at 405-426-7634. And you can also use that number if you just want to talk Randy with somebody. Uh, when I say talk Randy, you know, okay. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. It's Wheel of Randy.